Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Spamming Zero. This month's sponsor of the podcast is Gorgeous. If you're not familiar with Gorgeous, Gorgeous is a help desk, but it's specifically meant for e-commerce brands or DTC brands. I love, 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 love their mission. Listen to this. We believe that the next version of commerce should be more open and anyone should be able to be a part of it as a merchant or a customer. We believe decentralized commerce is better for everyone. Their core values, maximize your impact, customer first, strive for excellence, take extreme ownership, and 100% honest. I love what they do. Gorgeous is one of our favorites. They work with brands like Steve Madden, Olipop, and others. Too often, customer service gets a bad rap, and Gorgeous helps make sure that that gets a better rap. Here's a testimonial from a CEO and founder at Darn Good Yarn. Gorgeous gives us a holistic view of our customers. This way, we can provide them with fast and personalized help. Love it. Check them out. If you're not familiar with their website, it's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot com. Check out Gorgeous. I'm James. And I'm Brian. And this is Spanning Zero. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Spamming Zero. I'm your host, James Gilbert. Today we are joined by the CEO of Contribution Consulting, LLC. Her name is Selena Farrow. Welcome to the show, Selena. Well, thank you, James. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here today. Yeah, I'm excited thank to have you. you. I mean, we I, I saw some of your stuff on LinkedIn and I was like, ah, I've got to get her on the show. Talk to me a little bit about your background. Uh, give the listeners, uh, you know, why, why should they listen to you? <laughs> right. Um, I know a little bit about a little bit, uh, but I do know contact centers, right? So um, I have been in the contact center industry for well over 30 years. Um, I have a running joke that if I'm ever asked to do anything outside of contact centers, I'm probably not going to do it very well. Um, I started out in telemarketing and working for my mom, believe it or not. Um, I answered phones for her. Uh, her and my dad, uh, they had a, a, a charter bus company where they would charter folks back and forth from California to Las Vegas. Oh, wow. So my role was to answer the phone and take the reservations and make sure that my father knew where to go and pick the people up at. So I have been doing phones my entire life and uh, I really like it. I really do. Um, I decided, you know, I've been in the contact center world for a minute and uh, over 30 years of experience. My last biggest role was at the Postal Service. Um, lots of responsibility there. Uh, over 100 million calls a year. Uh, I think we had like 16 or something like that locations as far as, far as contact centers. Um, so it was a lot. It was a big job, but it was so much fun and I learned a lot. Um, and I transitioned to contribution consulting. Uh, where now I focus in on looking at uh, operations, going into contact centers and just doing an operational assessment um, and then sharing and giving feedback on the recommendations. Here's what you can do to improve your customer experience or your employee experience. Um, so I really, really enjoy doing it, if you can't tell already, <laughs> um, and would love to continue to do more and more and help other companies, right? Um, change and improve their customer and employee experience. So here's the real question. If you were answering phones for your for your mom and dad's business, how much mm -hmm. was your mom and dad actually like tapping into the insights that you were getting? That's the real you question. You know what? It's a great question. And here's the funny thing. My mom worked for McDonnell Douglas, the aircraft company, in customer service. 
Um, so her expectations were already set uh, <laughs> as to what it was she was expecting from me when I was answering the phones, right? So it's like, Selena, you know, say it this way, write it down and follow up and call her back. You know, it's like, oh, you know, back then I was probably like 13 or 14 looking at her like, I don't work for you. Well, actually I did. <laughs> so it was fun. It was fun. You know, I think that's a, that's something I'd love to get your thoughts on um, while we're on that topic is... There is a plethora of information and data that exists with Absolutely. the people that are answering the phones and the people that are answering chat, whatever channel they may be answering and serving people in. There is, I, I consider it the holy grail of untapped data. That's, that's, that's yes. honest and truthfully like the truth yes. because it's Absolutely. so much. What's your yes. take on how businesses can tap into that data more and what, like foundational pieces do they need to put together in their contact center to make sure it happens? Yeah. You know, I, I always say that the contact center is a hidden gem. Um, I, I just think that organizations sometimes forget that we have all the data, the touch points, that's us. Uh, we know what customers want. We know what customers don't want. Um, and we have the data, right? We have the insights. Not only are we answering the phones and getting feedback from the agents, we also have the data that goes along with it that allows us to dig into the data and really try to start understanding like what is the true customer experience, not just from the contact center perspective, but we get a chance to see and hear about it from the entire organization's perspective, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that that's the missed opportunity to, is that organizations are not going to their contact centers first um, before they start developing things. You know, I've always had had a saying is that don't develop until you talk to the care centers. And I know sometimes people thought that was like arrogant of me to say <laughs> that, but it wasn't about that. It was about let's dig into the data and let's make sure that whatever this is you're getting ready to develop aligns with what we're hearing the customers are saying they want. Um, so I think it's a missed opportunity sometimes within organizations. Love that. Let's, let's put you in a consumer role for just a second. Absolutely. You buy stuff, right? I do. And mm -hmm. you have to call support and service just like anyone yes. else. Now, mm -hmm. every person that I've ever talked to that has ever worked in the contact center space or has been a customer service agent has m a lot more empathy for the person on the other line, typically. Yes. Um, I'm assuming, making the great assumption that you're like that because you seem like a very genuine human being. So yes. that being said, what in the customer service world, like whatever, whatever it is, what takes you to a level 10, you know, like uh, it, anything can get anyone there. <clears throat> yes. What does for me is when I'm in a channel and I'm trying mm -hmm. to get my answers and I can't get my answers. And then there's not a channel like phone. <laughs> mm -hmm. It drives me nuts. <laughs> like so much. I just want a phone number. Uh, cause it's the quickest path to resolution typically for me in any situation. Yeah. So what drives you nuts? There, there, there's a few, but I would say probably the biggest thing for me is um, when I contact a company that I've been contacting consistently and they don't know me. Um, I just think we have a, a responsibility to know our customers. It, it's funny. I always talk to, I used to tell my team this, I don't pay my bills um, online. I am still the person who takes all my bills and sit down on a Sunday and call. 
I do that because one, that's the business that I'm in, right? But some of it is curiosity. Um, some of it is just, I want to know if they've made any changes to their IVR. Um, do they know me any more now than they did yesterday? And I think a pet peeve of mine is when I call, oftentimes the only information that they still have on me is my credit card number or my bank account number for me to make the payment. Is that all I am to you is the payment? Um, there's more to our relationship as me being the consumer and you being the organization. Um, and, and I think we miss those opportunities. So for me, I think it's it's just that lack of knowing who I am or knowing more about me than just my credit card number or my bank account number. That's kind of a pet peeve of mine. I've actually never thought of it in that way. Like, you're right, though. <laughs> they always know your payment information. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. I've never put that like two and two together there. But, yeah. but you I, are. I'm always looking at the contact centers in a, I guess, different kind of way. And as the consumer, I always try to think about like, what is it that I would expect? What do I want? What would, what would make this experience be better? And I, sometimes I'm paying my bills and writing things down like that wasn't great. Why <laughs> did they say that? Well, if they would have just put that message in the IVR, would never have to wait to talk to an agent. That's an answer you could have just gave me while I was waiting. So I, I'm always looking at it from that perspective. All right, so I I, I want to get to the the main topic of discussion here, which is something that you had mentioned. You want to you, like it's your hot take right now, and that's this yeah. leadership mindset shift. And I I want to dive into that. Talk to me a little bit about what what does this mean? Yeah, you know what I'm starting to hear a lot um, as I'm talking to leaders is 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 you know, we are operating with the same mindset that we used to operate with like 20, 30 years ago. Um, and, and things have changed. People have changed. Technology has changed. And we have a responsibility to change as well. Um, so that, that oftentimes takes shifting the mindset. Changing the way you think about things now is very different than the way you should, was thinking about it previously. Um, and so I think it's all about making sure that we uh, shift that mindset, becoming more proactive, right? Um, a lot of times we become so reactive. Everything is, oh, there's a fire, <gasps> you know, and, and we take off running, right? And, and, and so we lose some things. But if a leader would shift the mindset and say, when there's a fire, because we deal with those all the time, we look at the fire from a different perspective of it's being a fire, right? It's about shifting the mind to find the positive in the issue. Um, and, and knowing that, yes, you're going to have to build a strategy to fix it. I'm not saying don't keep, do the work. I'm just saying see the work that needs to be done from a slightly different perspective than the one that you've carried for a really long time. I mean, um, so that's that's one area. I mean, you would know better than anyone if you think about it. Like the United States Postal Service probably has more fires every year than <laughs> most contact centers do. I mean, let's be Absolutely. real. Why? Because guess Absolutely. what? They're fulfilling all of your brand's deliveries. <laughs> Absolutely. So Absolutely. you would know. Uh, and you know, every single year around the holidays, like especially, uh, there there's Absolutely. fires like crazy that you're dealing with. So Absolutely. give us an example of the old way and the old mindset, mm -hmm. and then show us the innovation of what that looks like 
in a new mindset? In a new, you know, I think that there's there's many, um, but I'll, I'll just use one scenario because we're talking about fires. Uh, and so uh, when we, I was at the postal service, uh, we had a fire, uh, a truck caught on fire. Oh, a and, legit fire. <laughs> yeah, legit fire. I was, like, I was thinking like, you it, know, it, like, like legit, legit. Oh yeah. my. Okay. Yeah. And, and the way the process used to be was that, you know, we would send out letters to the customers who were impacted and telling them what they needed to do in order for them to, you know, file a claim or to get more information about the status of their package. Um, an, an innovative way to do that is leveraging your technology, right? You have campaign calling or campaign dialing where you can now take that information, send out one message to everyone that's impacted of here's what happened, here's what you need to do, right? It's it's about thinking about things from a different perspective than how we used to. Um, Leveraging the technology and the items that you have available to you um, to change the experience and reduce the work. Think about the work that the customer had to do, filling out all this paperwork once they received it in the mail and mailing it back and all of those things where now it's a quick phone call. Boom, here's what happened. Here's what you need to do. And all is well in the world, right? So it's about changing the way we think. I'm not going to lie to you. If there was an organ, well, actually this has happened to me a few times. If there's an organization that is asking me to fill something out with like my hand, uh, unless it's like a mortgage, (laughs) I am not doing it. It is not going to have, I am not snail mailing you. Like, I'm sorry, but we are in 2023, figure out a different way. Uh, It's just not, I, listen, I would love to sit in your house, Selena, and watch you do your bills manually. (laughs) Like, I, I would love to see that. My mom used to do the same thing. And I just don't know how people do that because I, I do everything online and try online. to like automate all my payments. Um, but like, I just don't love that. You know, like, yeah. do yeah. ask me to do very little. It's not because I'm lazy. It's just no. that I don't want to do it. You know, like well, you, you shouldn't have to put the effort. You know, that's about that's about effort, right? And and we have an, a responsibility to reduce the effort that customers have to take to do business with us, right? It's about making it easy um, and, and making it as easy as possible. Uh, that's when customers want to work with you, right? When it's easy, like you. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Just like you, right? Speaking of making it easier, what do you think would make mm-hmm. organizations um, how would this be easier for them to change their mindset? Because like, obviously it's a, it's, it's an org shift kind of in a way. Yes. So talk yep. to us a little bit about that. What's your tips? You know, I, I think it, it comes from looking at the data, um, and, and hearing what your customers are saying. Most of the time they tell you what's wrong. Um, your customers are really vocal about what their expectations are. And it's about, are we taking the time to really listen and look? Right. Listen to what they're saying, but then look at the data because it's supposed to drive you somewhere. You know, the data is going to send you to a place that that tells you that this might be a gap here or an issue here. um, And and it just points you to where you should look. Right. And then you have to start taking a step back to come up with what do we have today? What should it be? where, Where do we need to go from here? And then to add to that, James, don't forget to share the vision the new vision with everyone so that we all know that we're shifting something different and we're doing it based on the customer feedback. I think there's something that is 
like we're we're in the thick of it right now but i i think that there is a there's a trend that's happening um selena do you have kids i've got four i do okay i have two i have a son 24 and a daughter 15 okay so you know then uh Yes. They would be considered what Gen Z? Gen Z and millennial. Yeah. Right? Okay. So yeah, 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 you for sure know. I have yeah. a 16 year old, a 14 year old daughter, a 10 year old and, and, well, and your household has happened too. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> happened. But there's a shift happening. And I saw this a lot um, before I even came to flip. We saw this a ton in the financial services industry. And there's a shift happening with how this new generation of, of individuals that are coming up in the world, learning how to be responsible, learning how to pay their bills, all those mm-hmm. things, like, and, and especially through support, it's different. And it is going to require a massive mindset shift. Absolutely. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. I got, like, it's crazy because, like, my kids would do anything in the world to avoid using the phone. Yes. Most, yep. most people that have kids that I've talked to that have a phone would say the same mm-hmm. thing. And yep. I think that there's a massive amount of anxiety that people get when they have to call the phone. And I think this is happening yes. even more so with the generation that's coming up. It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that the phone's ever going to go away. I don't think it ever will. Um, I think yeah. it's still going to be a primary channel of choice for people. Yeah. But this is also a mind shift is organizations now really have to think about like their general audience and customers. Absolutely. It might be, it might be that you had boomers and millennials and all of that in your customer base, but now it's changing and how they want to be served and what they expect from you is totally different. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's this, um, Today, you have data at your fingertips. You have information at your fingertips. Um, And so I think the change is that they don't want to wait. Uh, And calling, calling indicates that you got to wait, right? And and so that's not something that this, and again, that's why the mind shift is, is mindset shift is so important because the younger generation, that's not what they want. That's not even what they're accustomed to doing anymore. Like, picking up the phone to call. Now they pick up their phone all the time. However, it's not really to use the voice channel. Um, it's really to use the texting, more of social media. They're using the device different, right? So because they're using the de- device different, we have a responsibility to change and adjust the way we think because we're old school. You know, <laughs> James, we're old school. You know, we're used to the telephone. That's not what, that's not the way things are today. Um, and so it really does take, take that mind shift change, that mindset change to really start to look at things from a different perspective. I'm curious. I always like, I always wonder like from your perspective, uh, cause I've talked to my kids about this. Like I've, I, I've asked them, you know, is it that you don't want to use the phone or is it more so that like you just feel like it's not going to be a good experience because I think for some, for most of us that have grown up with the phone and have gotten support issues fixed over the phone, it's not actually that we all hate calling the phone. It's we all hate the experience that we get. Not, not with agents. I'm talking about the clunky IVR experience. Mm. You know what, you know what I'm talking about. So if that whole experience changes, 
you know, and it's actually something that is actionable and it's something that is powerful and worthwhile. Mm -hmm. I do think this younger generation will love it just like they've adopted to Alexa, Google, Mm -hmm. Siri, you know, they've, they've all adopted to that. Um, I mean, TikTok is huge for them and they like do the dances and they hear the music Mm -hmm. and that's because it's Mm -hmm. innate to them growing up this way. So I'm curious, like your take, do you feel like it's that people are just going to hate that experience and they don't feel like it could ever change? Or do you feel like it's like, well, actually, it's not necessarily the phone that's the problem. It's more so the experience. Yeah, it's the experience. I I think we have to become more innovative. Um, It's an area that right now, you know, using the IVR for an example, you know, when I do make these phone calls, sometimes my 15 year old daughter is sitting in the room with me and and it's irritating for her. Um, she's like, oh, press one for this. Then you, And then I get on the phone with the agent. And she's like, well, didn't you just give them that information in the IVR? So again, it's about the experience. It, it, and you're talking about my 15-year-old who's like, why are you repeating what they already asked you about? Yeah, she's um, like, no. Did they capture that information? <laughs> Where did they send it to? For her, she doesn't get it. you know. And of course, I'm trying to educate her, but she doesn't necessarily get it. Um, And I think we have a responsibility, again, to start to shift that, to start to look at what it is that customers want. And I'm going to keep going back to that. What is it that they want? And then what are we giving? And customers are our millennials. They are the Gen Zs. It's not, you know what I mean? They, They are the customers and they're the customers of the future. So we should be aligning what they want now. You can't just build, you got to, can't build just for today. We got to build for today and for the future. And they are the future. Love it. So here's a question. I mean, you own your own business now. So are you having, are you having your kids answer your calls too? Like your, your mom? Not yet. Oh, not, not yet. yet. Oh, oh but you hear the yet, right? You have the yet. Here's what's funny though. I always tell my daughter, my son is in college. So that's why I don't get a chance to make him work. But uh, my daughter, I'm always telling her when we build this, and it becomes great when mommy goes away because we are all going to die. This is yours. So why don't you get involved now? Understand the business. Understand all the do's and don'ts and things of that sort. So I make her do my PowerPoint. So I put the content together. I send her the PowerPoint and she makes it all pretty and what have you. So, yeah, she has to be involved because she's going to eat. She's, she's a little graphic designer right there before yeah, eyes. Right? <laughs> exactly. Right. She's doing great too. I love it. So Selena, yes. let's keep going down this leadership mind, mindset change yeah. from your perspective in your consulting, especially with, with businesses that you're consulting for, and even ones that you want to work with. What's mm-hmm. the one thing that you look for to see some of this mind shift? You know, I think that it starts from the top. And I think one of the things that we have to do is to make sure that the leader has the vision and that they've shared that vision. Uh, what I'm finding as I'm talking to people and they're coming up with all of these different strategies of things they want to do, my question is, well, how does that align with the bigger picture? Um, th- does that really align with where you guys are planning to go? Um, And and so I think that one of the things about mindset shift and leadership is understanding the bigger vision, right? Um, And then having meetings of the minds. I I think that, you know, there's so many silos in organizations where, you know, this person is over here doing this and this person is over here doing that. How do you get everyone all in the same space to share information so that we're all aware 
Um, so that's that's a mindset shift of knowing that you need to share your information, you need to share your vision, you need to share the direction in which you're going in. Um, so I think that just understanding that, I see a lot of that um, when I go in and I talk to organizations or to, to leaders. It's like, oh yeah, I'm planning to do this, 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 and this. And it's like, okay, but uh, the marketing department, did you tell the care centers that that was your plan? Um, I'll give you an example. I just met with someone last week and uh, the leader was really upset um, and used a lot of choice words. When I, as soon as I got on the phone, they're like, this stuff is some bull crap, you know, that kind of deal. And so I said to them, I said, oh, okay. So now that you know, it's some bull, what are you going to do about it? So you're going to just be mad about it and watch it happen again. Or are you going to put something in place to ensure that this doesn't happen again? We talked about it and we ended up forming a center of excellence where, uh, you know, it's the meeting of the mind. So now there's a meeting where everyone comes together and if they can't show up, they send a designee, but someone from their department needs to show up to start sharing information about what it is that you're doing and then coming up with common goals as a team um, to, to, to make sure that they meet. So there, there are so many different things that I think we miss in organizations. And I think, again, it goes back to changing the way we think um, and changing the way we see issues and coming up with resolution to the issues instead of being just mad about it. It's like, you know, you become mad about it and you walk off. Which adds one more thing, James. A lot of times leadership, we're probably a lot of times a little bit, can be more angry or upset about things than even the people that we manage. Um, and sometimes that's because we're sometimes sitting in the room when these decisions are being made and you know you may or may not agree with them. Or you're not in the room and you hear about the decision, but you don't understand the why behind it. So you're walking around not understanding you have to share that vision with your people, but you can't share the why behind it. So there's so much more and it always kind of goes from the vision. Like, you know why you're doing it if you understand the vision. So it's all, it all works together. Um, it's just about making sure that people have the information they need to be successful. I've talked a lot about this on the, on the podcast, but I want to bring it up again. And that's the idea of like, hey, I think one of the biggest culprits, if I may um, put my own function of my experience um, with marketing on the hot seat for a second. Yes. Marketing is probably the biggest culprit to causing downstream customer service and support issues. And they're very rarely completely aligned and even talk to the support team to get insights yep. on what is happening with the offers that you just made to a customer. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. And I'm telling you, I think it is just this like such an easy thing to do is to get with your customer service and support teams and shut up and listen. That's really it. Absolutely. And, and it kind of goes back to not just shut up and listen, because that's one piece of it. And I could not agree with you more because we're not making it up. I, I think one of the things that, that, that uh, folks have to understand about the care center is it's really data. We're, we're not making it up. Yeah. It, this is just what the customer really said, right? So the shut up and listen is true because that's going to give you insight. Um, and then I think it's the other piece is communication. If you have a plan to do something, 
it is critical. It is imperative that the contact centers know, right? Um, you know how many times, actually the guy I was just talking about who called me and was like, this is some BS. It was because they launched something <laughs> and failed to tell him it was launching. And he spent his whole morning trying to figure out why was his call volume so high? Like what happened? I didn't staff for this. There wasn't a plan here. There's no nothing in the forecast that tells me that this is supposed to be happening. So now he's running, trying to figure out like what happened, what got me here and come to find out they rolled something out, forgot to tell him it was being rolled out. And now he has a tons of calls sitting in the queue that he's trying to have to get to or to answer. Yeah, it is. It is wild to me how many marketers just completely skip over the step. It's like they it's not that they don't care about the customer experience because I know I no, know a lot of like marketing leaders that truly like take yeah. it very seriously, but absolutely, you don't think about, and and I actually also think that product can can also, I mean from a SaaS perspective, I think product can also contribute to this quite a bit, um, and like, even if it's not SaaS, if it's more like a direct to consumer. At mm-hmm. new products being released without like any information or any details, um, mm-hmm. making its way to the contact center before calls are actually <laughs> fielded. That's so they can answer Absolutely. the questions about them. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. There's just so much that I think that I love your idea of just having these mind share meetings because yes. it's such an easy yes. thing to do, you know? It is like, you know, you get in a meet, you know, you get in a room with people um, and you all start having discussions and it's like, oh, you're doing that. Well, tell me more about that. Well, now what you've done is you've given me the opportunity to go back and build training around this new thing, right? Or stand up talk so agents are aware, or there's so many things that you allow me to do to make sure that I can give the customers a good experience because I know what's going on. The worst thing is for an agent to answer the phone and it be the customer that's educating them about a product or a service or a change within their organization. Um, so how do you ensure that doesn't happen? That's all still a part of the experience for customers. I love it. So obviously when you come into a mindshare meeting, you have to be, I think there's always some fear for people, right? Because like, yeah. let's say, for example, you have senior leadership in, in that mindshare meeting. There's, Absolutely. there's fear that people are going to be able to, Hey, am I like going to get fired for saying what I'm going to yeah. say? And yeah. so how do you, um, how do you manage that? Safe space, um, safe space. You, you know, people have to know that it's safe to share, um, and that there's no consequences to it. So what if they say something that doesn't align with what it is you want? So that that's their thought, that's their opinion. And they, they have a right to that. And I think when we take that away from them, you know, we are not doing the right thing as leaders. Like we got to listen. I I think one of the things that my team, you know, when I was at the postal service, it drove them crazy was focus groups. I'm like, call in every agent. Mm -mm, We're not doing that. Nope. Let's ask them if they think that it's a good idea for us to do that. Um, And and what we found though, is doing those things before we implemented anything, we got tremendous feedback. I set a rule when when I was leading that if we were going to make changes to the IDR, we needed to have a focus group. Because when customers got to the agents, a lot of times they complained about two things, right? It's if they had to wait, wait time was one of them. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and then the other thing was their experience in the IBL. Those are two things that you can almost guarantee that as soon as they drop to an agent, uh, they're going to talk about. Right. Yeah, last so last week, your prompts was one and three to get to you. Why is it four and five today? <laughs> I'm that customer because I sit down and pay my bills every month. And so I know what my experience was the last time. So if you've changed it, I'm that I'm like, well, why did you guys change it? Well, agents don't generally know why they change prompts in the IVR. But if you have a focus group and you share information, they do. Yeah, I love it. I love it because it, right? it reminds me of like trying to guess a a secret code, you know, it's like some sort of game back in the day. That's kind of how it was. Like when IVRs very first came out, we were all kind of excited to just see what it would take to get to a, to get to an agent. And now we're like, what's your code? Just tell me your code. Exactly. Right, right, right. You're all, you're on Google trying to figure out like, how do I get to an agent really quick? (laughs) So yes. So Selena, we are, we are at time. I know it went fast, sure. right? Can you believe that? Yes, it did. You see, I looked at the clock like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Selena, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you. It's been truly a pleasure.